Thank you for joining us today. If you're new to The Rock, we would love to connect with you, and you can text Rock of KC to 816-307-1611 for a Connect card, and a member of our team will be in touch with you shortly. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give safely and securely through our app and on our website at rockofkc.com. Your generous giving through The Rock supports many ministries here locally and globally. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Good evening. Welcome to the building, church. Hey, how about the snow? Come on, how about the snow? It's wintertime. Every time it snows, I think of the scripture. I'm so spiritual. Though my sins are as scarlet, they'll be white as snow. We just partook of communion. I'm so thankful for that word, Jeremy, and covenant. It's not a contract. It calls us into relationship. Our sins have been forgiven. The blood of Jesus is a better covenant. The book of Hebrews says it's better. Why is it better? <clears throat> I'm glad you asked. Because in the old covenant, the high priest would have to go in year after year and give atonement for the sins of the people year after year. It was the blood of bulls and goats, but it didn't cleanse. It was a foreshadow of the spotless lamb of God who would take away the sin of the world. It's a better covenant now because once and for all, Jesus shed his blood. And because of that blood, it forever speaks, it ever lives, and it forever cleanses all those who have called upon his name. Isn't that good news? I mean, that is awesome news. And the beauty of it is, is that God did it while we were yet sinners. While we were still in our sin, Christ died for the unjust, for the, for the ungodly. I'm so grateful. And what amazing love and communion. I, I took communion as a child in my tradition, and it was cracker and juice time for me. I didn't have a revelation, but I remember when I, after I gave my life to Christ... I, I remember being in a strip mall where a church was meeting, having my first communion, being sa actually saved, actually born again. And I, I wept because I had a revelation that this wasn't a ritual. This wasn't just some passing tradition. It was, it was communion with the living God. My heart was open. My eyes were open. And uh, I trust that, that as you exhorted us tonight, that we would never take it for granted. Yeah. We would never just go through the motions. Uh, he's, he's worthy of much more, right? Yeah. I understand. We can all get in a funk. <laughs> we can all get... Anyone ever been in a funk? Yeah, yeah well, don't stay in the funk. Get out of the funk. Darkness, your hour is over. I love it. I could preach on that right now. I mean, I could just, that, that, there's a, we, you, we need to declare that. And I was sitting there as I was worshiping. I think, what are some of the things that we need to declare and just say, your hour is over? Uh, un, maybe for some people, they struggle with unforgiveness. It just grips them and it's got a stronghold on their life. You, you need to declare, your hour is over. For some people, it's greed. 
They just can't get enough money. They just want a little bit more. And people do all kinds of evil for money. They'll lie. They'll cheat. They'll steal. They'll rob their parents or friends. They'll just, it's a stronghold that time, you know, it's over. Your hour is over. Different things people struggle with. Some struggle with jealousy. Some people struggle with comparison. And there's all kinds of darkness things that creep in that we just kind of put up with instead of saying, your hour's over. You're defeated in the name of Jesus. God's not going to live this way through me. Amen? All right. Y'all ready to get into the word? Ready for that word to get into you? All right. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, we thank you for your goodness, your presence, Lord. We thank you for your, your alive. You're the living God. You've drawn near to us that we might draw near to you. And tonight, God, we draw near to you. We draw near to you with our hearts wide open. We want you to write your word upon the tablet of our heart that we may not sin against you. We want your word to come alive in us and renew our minds that we might prove what your good, perfect, and acceptable will is. Father, we want faith to rise that we might mix this word with faith, that we might act upon it and bear fruit, and that fruit would remain, and we would so prove to be your disciples and glorify you, our Father in heaven. We pray for this grace to be upon us all. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, amen. All right, John chapter 15. I got several scriptures here before I introduce my sermon title. John 15, abide in me and I in you. The word abide means to remain. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he's saying, remain in me. Don't leave. Don't go away. Stay put. All right? Abide in me, and I in you. So there's a, there's a promise here. If you abide in me, I will abide in you. I'll remain in you. Remain in me. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you Unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides, he who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. How many of you believe that? Like, like my mind, my natural mind wants to argue with that. Like well I can do stuff. I mean I did stuff before. I surrendered my life to God. You and I will not do anything of eternal significance, of kingdom significance apart from Jesus. It's not going to happen. You're, because your good works and my good works, the Bible says, are as a filthy rag to God. The only justifying work that we can do is through Jesus Christ. That's it. You can't earn your salvation. You can't work for it. You can't get enough points. It's not a point system. It's a surrender system. It's a yielded system. And Jesus is saying here, if you'll abide in me, if you'll remain in me and I'll remain in you, then guess what will begin to happen? You'll bear fruit. And that fruit will be eternal fruit. Matthew 11 has the same kind of idea. Come to me all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. How many of you find yourself when 
things get tough that you just try a little bit harder. <laughs> you just dig in a little bit deeper. You just pull yourself up by your own bootstraps and like that's how we're taught. Like go west, young man, and rugged individualism. That's the western motto. But God has a different plan. God has a different way. Are you weary? Are you burdened? Are you heavy laden? Then I, I want you to come to me. I want you to cry out to me. I want to do something. I'm going to give you rest. But God, I got so much to do. How can I rest? Got so many things to do. I got places to go and people to see and things to do. God says, I, I know. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you're spinning your wheels. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Many of you probably know this, that the rabbi, rabbis of that day, they would call their disciples, they would call their students to themselves. They would choose who they were. And Jesus, as a, a Rabboni, Jesus, he had a yoke. And the yoke was the, the, the teaching of the rabbi. It was their principled way of living. It was their life and lifestyle. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. Now, how many of you, that sounds like a victorious life? Gentle and humble of heart. Not, no, 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 no. Go for the gusto. Get all you can. Live determined life. You know, strive, fight. To dog eat dog world, so better be a bigger dog. Jesus is calling us to something else. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. You'll find rest for your mind. You'll find rest for your will. You know, willfulness will wear you out. How many of you are willful? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> you just willful. Like, I'm going to do this anyway. I don't care. How many have some willful children? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just going to add, this is willful, and it will wear you out. But he says, I'm going to give you rest for your, for your mind, for your will, for your emotions. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Psalm 32, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Think about that for a moment. If God's going to guide you with your eye, what do you need to be looking to? You need to look to his face. You need to look full in his wonderful face. If he's going to guide you with his eye, then you've got to keep your face turned towards him. What is the world wanting your attention? The world wants you to worry. The world wants you to fret. The world wants you to fight. The world wants you to compare yourself with others. The world wants you to look at all the meals that other people are getting to have because that's all they know they could take pictures of on their social media apps or whatever. Or look what I'm wearing today and when, when you're looking at that constantly, then you're not 
keeping your eye upon the one who wants to instruct you with their eye. See, that requires intimacy. Probably have some couples here in this room that you've been at a party or something and maybe one couple was over another one and uh, another one's over here and then you caught each other's eye and you knew it's time to go, right? You know, you just have to look. Why? Because you, you, you're, you have that intimacy built in. You, you fully understand. You can give a nod or a wink and you know what, you know what, you know what time it is. And God says, I, I want to guide you with my eye. That's going to require some intimacy. It's going to require that you fix your eyes upon me. That I become the most familiar face in your life. I will guide you with my eye. So do not be like the horse or like the mule. Which have no understanding. Which must be harnessed with the bit and bridle. Else they will not come near you. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked. But he who... Trust in the Lord, mercy shall surround him. I think it's a pretty good promise. How about you? Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. John chapter 12. Now there were certain Greeks among those who came up to worship at the feast. Then they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee, and asked him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip came and told Andrew. There's a pecking order here. (laughs) Philip came and told Andrew, and in turn, Andrew and Philip told Jesus. But Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him what? If anyone serves me, let him... Is it possible to serve... Jesus without following Jesus. (laughs) Okay, so confessing Jesus is more than just saying with your mouth, he's Lord. You understand that? Confession in the Bible is not just a spoken word, it's a lifestyle. If you truly confess Jesus as your Lord, then you receive him as Lord and you follow him as Lord. If you're really serving Jesus, you are following Jesus. And if you are following Jesus, then you are taking up your cross, you are denying yourself, you're living sacrificially, and you also are taking on the nature and the attitude and the humility of who? Jesus. How come we have a lot of people who confess Christ that don't have many of the characteristics of Christ? Because they're not abiding. They're not following. Their confession is with the lips, but their hearts are far from him. 
And Jesus said many would do that. Did we not do miracles in your name? Did we not say that you were Lord? And he will say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, you evildoers. You drew near to me with your mouth, but your hearts were far from me. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. How many of you want the honor of the father? Jesus made it really simple. <laughs> Follow me and you will have the honor of my father. Abide in me. I'll abide in you. How many of you have ever been involved in team building exercises that required you to uh, trust someone else? How many of you remember, you know, ever do the trust fall? Huh? How many ever do the trust fall? You know, where you, you back up and then you've, the people line up behind you and you got to trust them. Someone better come and get me. I'm getting ready to go. See, yeah, I got no love in this house. <laughs> You know, you have to, you have to learn that the people, and then you fall backward and you got to trust them. Um, how many of you have been involved in one of the, the, they'll show you this maze that you've got to navigate through and then they blindfold you. And then you have to, I've done it a couple different ways where you have to, Trust that they're going to navigate you through it. Or they'll guide you through it with their voice. The problem is they got other people shouting at you at the same time. And you have to, you have to listen for the voice of the one who's guiding you. That's a, that's a good, uh, my sheep hear my voice, the voice of a stranger they'll not follow. There's all kinds of voices shouting for your attention. You better get to know the voice of Jesus. You better get to know the voice of Jesus. I've often said, may his whisper be your loudest voice that you ever hear. The still, small voice of God. You, you, when you learn it, you learn it. And your, your spirit gets in tune with his spirit. And he trains your ears to hear. And you realize when something comes up, you go, mm, that ain't God. <laughs> nope, that ain't God. No, no, that's not God. That's not in the Bible. That's not the word of the Lord. Uh, uh, that just got twisted right there. How do I know? Because I'm familiar with the word. The Emmanuel, God with me. God who guides me with his eye. The God who guides me with his still small voice. I want to title this message today, Give Thanks with a Surrendered Life. Give Thanks with a Surrendered Life. I know it's important to give thanks with, as a fruit of our lips, giving praise to God, but that's just one portion of it. To, give, to live a thankful life is to live a surrendered life. The above scriptures speak to us about surrender, about exchange, about trust. Every one of those scriptures that we just read 
speak about those things. If you're gonna follow someone, you've got to trust them. You've got to trust where they're going. If you're gonna let their eye guide you, you've got you've to trust that they can instruct you with just a glance, with a look. It's about surrender. It's about exchanging your way for a better way. You see, a surrendered life is a victorious life. And that's hard for people who are like, I surrender to nothing. Oh, listen, you surrender all the time. You surrender to your anger. You surrender to your depression. You surrender to comparison. You surrender to jealousy. You surrender all the time. I'm, I'm a victorious warrior. Uh-huh. Yep. Well, God has an upside-down kingdom. He said, if you want to be great, become the least of all. Become the servant of all. If you want to be great in the kingdom, then become the servant of all. I tell you, if you, if you can develop an attitude of the servant Jesus, say, what do you got? I got a towel. That's what I've got. What do you bring to the table? I bring a towel. So what do you mean you bring a towel? I bring, I bring servanthood. What do you need done? What, what needs to be done? Because I, I brought a towel. I'm here to serve. I'm not here to get anything. I'm not here to be somebody. I'm just here to be a servant. A surrendered life is a victorious life. A surrendered life is an abundant life. And a surrendered life is a blessed life. I'm here to witness to you tonight, to testify to you tonight, that the more I surrender, the more blessed I am. And the more willful I am, the less blessed and the more trouble I bring into my life. Now, I went out hunting this morning. I connect with God. I wanted to connect with some deer. I actually did. I had two bucks right in front of me 15 yards away for like 45 minutes. It's pretty amazing to watch. I spared their life. I just didn't have a big enough, not what I was looking for. But I had some gloves. And those gloves, apart from me, they can do nothing. <laughs> but as soon as I put my hand in them, they come to life. And that's what we're talking about when we talk about surrender. Apart from God, I'm nothing. I got to be careful here. Um, yeah, I'm going to pass on what I'm talking about. It's, I'm going to pass. I hear you, Lord. <laughs> I hear you, Lord. What use is a balloon if you don't put something in it? He said, well, I could think of different uses, but the purpose of a balloon is to fill it up, right? Now, if you blow, 
your breath into that balloon, it expands and it can bring kids and people a lot of joy and fun and create beautiful things. But if I take helium and put it in that balloon, all of a sudden, it can, it can fly away. <laughs> it can, if I put a string on it, it can float. My breath in it, you let go of it, drops to the ground. Helium's like the breath of God. He resurrects things. A surrendered life is, I'm, I'm, I'm done with my breath. I want the breath of God. I need the resurrection life of God, so I need to surrender to that breath. So I must empty myself that he might fill me. And so what we're talking about in this message is really Psalm 46.10. Cease striving and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. How many of you believe that? Listen, you need to believe that, especially in this hour. You need to believe that God's going to be exalted in the nations. His sovereignty is ruling over all. Israel, Hamas, Iran, Iraq, all, none of this is taking God by surprise. You all need to understand this. And you're striving and you're, and you're trying to get people to vote a certain way. And oh my, you know, let me tell you something. You need to chill out and practice surrender. Cease striving and know what? He's God. He's God. Praying for peace, praying for the will of God. I, I've been praying a lot, like a whole lot. God, I, I want you to come back. I, I, I really long for the return of the Lord. People say, but pastor, there's so much, so much what, more evil that can continue to escalate because in the last days men will grow worse and worse well but but I haven't got to go on my vacation or, or my kids aren't graduated from high school or I haven't seen them get married or I haven't got and you want more of what we have strife and evil because the scripture is clear people it's really clear. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man when he returns. Violence fill the earth. Go read what was going on in Noah's day. Violence fill the earth. Well, Pastor, but can't we just have one more great awakening? Hey, if God wills it, so be it. But then it's going to turn again. Do you all understand that? Well, I, the, what I, but I just don't want to go yet. I mean, I haven't gone up Pike's Peak yet, or I haven't gone to Hawaii or whatever else. And they're like, listen, I'm going to get a new heaven and a new earth. 
I'm going to get a new heaven and a new earth with no more sin, no more sickness, no more evil, no more greed, no more corruption, no more voting. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. No more COVID, no more mask, no more. I mean, listen, if you're that tied to the world, you can have it. Give me Jesus. But in the meantime, whenever, whenever it's his time, because he's already declared, Father's already written when it should happen. It's in his heart. It's in his mind. And he'll tell the son, now, go. Until then, I'm going to surrender to Jesus. Every day of every moment, I'm going to surrender that my soul may rest in God. Rest in God. Cease striving and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Can someone say amen? This is God's word to us. Three points. Surrender to God. Point number one. Surrender to God. Here's how, what do you do? Loving God, love through me. I surrender to your love. Patient God, be patient through me. I surrender to your patience. Holy God, be holy through me. How many of you tried to be holy on your own? How many of you have failed miserably? <laughs> Follow rules and regulations, touch not, taste not. It's like, man, I was doing so well, and then I tripped up again. You'll never be holy apart from the holy God. So surrender to his holiness. Surrender to it. When you're in a moment of temptation, cry out, holy God, I surrender to your holiness. I need your holiness right now because I want to sin. I, I want to I I go after this fleshly indulgence. I want to find comfort and pleasure in something that I know is not righteous. I'm, I'm confessing, God, I need your holiness in this moment. I surrender to it. Compassionate God, live compassionately through me. Forgiving God, forgive through me. Redeeming God, redeem through me. Are you, are you with me? This is called communion. This is called surrender. You can make this part of your prayer life. You can make this part of your drive time. You can make this part of the time when you go sit by a creek or you sit in your chair, favorite chair or wherever it might be. And you can just... Surrender, God, I surrender to your love. I surrender to your mercy. This all-wise God, would you be wise through me? I mean, you need wisdom. I do. So God's all-wise. Let him be wise through you. How about God's all-knowing? So God may knowledge. May knowledge flow through me as it flows to me, God. You're the all-knowing God. Y'all know the difference between knowledge and wisdom, right? Knowledge is knowing what to do, and wisdom is knowing when to do it and when not to do it. We need both. All seeing God see through me. Well, I've, I says, God, let me see what you see. Because I see a certain way, but you see a different way. 
your ways are higher than my ways and your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. So, so God, I need to see when I look at this person, what are you seeing? How about God of patience, be patient through me. <laughs> That's why I'm going to say, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> like self-driving car. <laughs> Just let Jesus drive the car. God of mercy, be merciful through me. God of perseverance, persevere through me. I was praying that a lot when I was out in Montana. <laughs> Those mountains, they're beautiful, but you don't want to walk up them with loaded down. <laughs> Thank God for rocks and rest. But I, there was moments where I was like, God, I'm like, why did I say yes to this? <laughs> and then I thought of Jesus and I thought of the cross and how he persevered. He wanted to quit. God of perseverance, persevere through me. It's called communion. How many of you have some people that really wear you thin? <laughs> really get on your nerves. Yeah, we need God, don't we? God of hope, be hopeful through me. God of truth, be truthful through me. God of light, shine your light through me. God of peace, sow your peace through me. God of wonder, manifest your wonder through me. God of healing, heal through me. God of all blessings, bless through me. God of abundant generosity, be abundantly generous through me. God of joy, be joyful through me. Are you getting the picture? And now you guys can go just knock yourself out with scriptures of all the different attributes of God and create your own thing and your own list of prayer and ask the Holy Spirit even to guide you in those moments. What do you need the most? Two, surrender to Jesus. Jesus, you were obedient to the point of death. Be obedient through me. Jesus, you only did what you saw the Father doing. Jesus, let me see what you are seeing. Jesus, you only spoke what you heard the Father saying. Jesus, hear through me. Jesus, you did nothing from your own initiative. Jesus, be selfless through me. Come on now. We could all do we could all use that one, couldn't we? Jesus, you went about doing good, healing the sick and delivering the oppressed. Jesus, do this through me. It's called surrender. Thirdly, we surrender to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I surrender to your fruit of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, gentleness and self-control. I mean, you just sit with that. Don't, don't rush through it. Find time, time, find space. You know, some forms of meditation will try to get you to go into nothingness. Like, that's crazy. Meditate in the presence of God. Holy Spirit, produce in me what I'm not capable of producing in and of myself. 
Holy Spirit, I surrender to your gifts. Any and all you desire to manifest in me and through me. Holy Spirit, do what you want to do. Have your way. Help me not to quench you. Help me to surrender to you. When I need to be still, help me to be still. When I need to be bold and courageous, fill me with boldness and courage. Holy Spirit, I surrender to your guidance to lead me and guide me into all truth. You know, I find myself sometimes not wanting to hear the truth. Quite honestly, I just want to be right. <laughs> I want to be right. And I find myself, I need my flesh crucified, my will crucified. I need a willing heart. And that's what the psalmist prayed, didn't he? Renew within me a right spirit. God, grant me a willing heart. Holy Spirit, I surrender to your conviction because you were, he was given to convict me of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Holy Spirit, you are the divine helper and comforter, and I surrender to your help and comfort. Holy Spirit, you are divine power, and I surrender to your resurrection power. Stand with me if you would, please. Here's the question. Will you give thanks through a surrendered life? Because at the end of the day, it's the bottom line. It's the bottom line. Your way or my way, Jesus says. You gotta surrender. You're gonna have it your way, or you're gonna have it my way. famous quote by C.S. Lewis at the, end of the, at the end of the day Lewis said is that there's many two types of people two types of people it comes down to two types of people those who have said God thy will be done and those to whom God says thy will be done choose you this day whom you will serve you serve your own appetites your own will your own stubbornness, you're going to serve your own mindset, or are you going to serve the Lord? You have a choice. We have a choice. I say one of the greatest ways that we can truly live a life of thanksgiving to God is to live a life surrendered to Him. Let's pray. Father, you're worthy of all. You're worthy of all love and adoration and all devotion. 
You're worthy of it all, Lord. And I pray tonight, Father, for all of us that are here hearing this word, that we would tell darkness your hour is over. Your hour is over, darkness, and we're, we're surrendering to the light of God. We're surrendering to the love of God. We're surrendering to the life of God. We're surrendering to the holiness of God. We're surrendering to the Holy Spirit and to Jesus, our Savior. Father God, would you grace us all to live a surrendered life, to see that it is truly the victorious life. It is truly the abundant life. It is truly the blessed life. Church, I bless myself. I bless each of you. I pray. I pray for grace upon grace to flood your hearts, to live that surrendered life, fully pleasing, fully acceptable to God. I pray that you'll keep your eyes fixed upon Jesus, that you will allow him to instruct you with his eye upon you, that you will hear his whisper, that you will know his voice intimately pray that you will cease striving and know that he is God and he will be exalted in the nations and he will be exalted in that which you can make no sense of but God in his sovereign way will turn what's meant for evil to bring about good to bring about his greater purpose in the earth I bless you church to live that surrendered life to the glory of God to the praise of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit, amen and amen. Give him honor, give him glory, and give him praise.